Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, a lot of good things to talk about today. First off, uh, first and foremost, got this new lovely Freightways branded water bottle, which is amazing. But um, on the actual docket for today, we're going to talk about CPI. We're going to talk about uh, the ocean markets, what's happening there, especially post Labor Day and post peak season. We're going to talk about truckload rates. We're going to talk about industry wait times and what's yeah. happening there. So we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to start off with the ocean stuff and then move into the truckload stuff. Um, Tony. Always good to have you here. By the way, we're getting into football season here. Are you a football guy? Yes. College football. College football. Okay. So specifically. So not so much NFL. Yeah, not the NFL. That's fine. More so. It's yeah. just, you know, moving around as a kid. Yeah. Hard to find that team. Who's your college team? Tennessee. Tennessee? Yeah. I mean, alumni. They get a lot of we money. We are in Tennessee. And they get a lot of my money. So <laughs> they've earned earned that fandom. That's fair. Okay, so. very good. So you've bought yourself a fandom there. So what are you looking forward to for the season? Well, they play Florida on Saturday. so That's a big rivalry. Especially when my family, most of my family's Florida grads. So hey. it's it adds a little bit to it. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah adds so a little do you all it. watch the game together? Like, no. is that a big trip we try to make? No. No. We've done it twice yeah once here once there so but other than that not really you should invite me it sounds like a good time it is a good time anyways well good well um hopefully hopefully you win not that you have any control over that yeah but if you do we can talk about it next week um also i don't know when i was working in logistics um i, I didn't do this but the guy uh, one of my uh one of the guys on my team did he did all of the um uh, a lot of like the equipment, like audio and visual, uh, visual among other things, for um, uh, for some of the NFL games. Oh, and I assume it's very similar for some of these big college football games, like yeah. Tennessee and Florida. But he said like you wouldn't believe the amount of truckloads that are going in and out of these NFL stadiums, at, like getting ready for some of these big events. Yeah, huge uh, logistical uh, operation, huge. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's maybe not as big on the college level, but I mean. And I think some of that is they're already built in, right? Yep. So I think that's some of it. Uh, yeah, especially now it, that the NFL games are starting to like travel around. Like they did some games in Mexico, they did some games in London. So they they've they've been bouncing around a little more, a little more equipment yeah, to move. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's still. Yeah, I mean, you show up on a before a game. I mean, you have to think, and it's not just that equipment, right? I mean, you got to think concessions, a lot of food to bring in merchandise i mean it's things like that that are kind of these hidden i don't say hidden truckloads but they are mm -hmm. uh, i mean mm -hmm. there's still tons and there, and there's tons of equipment that's always being replenished right i mean you think yeah. about all of the i mean obviously there, there's people there all week long right yeah. you've got like the you know the, the training staff right you've got obviously the the actual team themselves right think about all the food they're going through i mean they they, they funnel a lot so there's yeah. there's always always a lot of equipment going in and out i mean it's just, it's effectively operating like a 
I mean, I mean, you're, you're feeding a hundred plus people a day. Easy. Yeah. Minimum more. I mean, way more than that. Yeah. Maybe closer to 200. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, you don't, it's things like that that you don't recognize or realize now a lot of it's like, I know on, from the Tennessee perspective, like the whole campus is run by one company, right? Yeah. They do all of that stuff. But I mean, again, you drive around campus on any given day, there's a truck somewhere loading or unloading food across the entire campus. They're right? small cities. Yeah. They're small cities. And truly. Anyways, so if you are having to be a 3PL and you're trying to trying to get your foot in the door somewhere, who knows? Maybe check with your alma mater or uh, or somebody else's. But there, there's definitely opportunities out there to build those relationships. All right. So we've been having this conversation for a while. I think spot rates are going to continue to go up through the end of the year. You think they're going to go down or if nothing else, not go above uh, contract say, rates. Going down, I think we may have hit the bottom. Agreed. It's more so that I don't think contract rates still feel like they have room to fall, but spot rates are so far below that. And you're going to show a chart a little later that is... Uh, might be a little criminal. misleading. Yeah. Might be a little misleading. Yeah. Chart crime, <laughs> as I'm going to call yeah, it. Yeah, but I made the chart, so I'm in control. But first, let's talk about ocean freight. So before we... Don't throw the chart yet. Before we throw it up, is give a little caveat here. So the ocean... If you're mainly familiar with the truckload markets, the ocean markets tend to have their peak season around now, really kind of starting mid-July yeah, going through about now, yeah, right? Um, and, and a big portion of that is you want the freight, obviously, here. If you're going to sell it in Q4, it's got to be here by the end of Q3, maybe early Q4. Yeah. But you can get away with the end of October for stuff you're selling in December. Yeah. Um, but it's got to be here. And there's obviously a much longer transit time, so there's delays, things that can go wrong, right? So we tend to see the peak season for ocean now in terms of volume. Yep. So let's go ahead and throw this chart up on the screen here just so folks can take a look. And Tony, if you can, just give folks a little... This is our bookings index for all shipments coming to the United States. Tony, what are, what are we looking at here? Yeah, so this is ocean booking volume. So these are when a booking for space on a container ship is submitted to the ocean carrier, right? So say shipper A says, hey, I need a container moved. They submit the booking. That's when it gets counted in this data set. So kind of upstream from when that the container actually moves, right? And it's been in decline since, what did it peak? On August 1st? Right about. And it's been declining ever since. And yeah, down about 20, 22% maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's a significant drop-off mm -hmm. when you think about it. Now, and we bring it up all the time, right? The Ocean TEU volume index, right? Kind of, that's when they actually leave. So this is even further upstream. You're talking, what? 10 day lead times, eight, day, eight to 10 day lead times. So eight to 10 days before they leave. But then the ocean carrier, they can accept it then, but then they can reject it later, right? They have all the, they have the power or so they seem, right? Or so it seems, right? Because they're what? Nine ocean carriers control 90% of the market. So you're talking a way to artificially paint the market in a different light than maybe what's actually happening. Yeah, and, and we're starting to see that right now. We're starting to see rejections on the ocean side. And reject. we talk about tender rejections a lot on the truckload side. They're slightly different on the, on the ocean side, like you said, sure. right? So you could submit, let's say I'm a purchasing manager for some company. I submit an order to one of my suppliers in Shanghai. They're going to ship it to me. So I make the booking with the ocean. I submit the order to the ocean carrier, like, hey, I need it picked up and on this date. It needs 
and it's going to get delivered, right? Great. They accept it. And then a day before, they're like, hey, sorry, actually. We have no space. We have no space. We're going to. Even though we do, but yeah. we don't. We're going to reject it or we're going to roll it or, roll. or something And like rolling that. is. I mean, it's just moving that. Yeah. It's effectively moving the shipment from one vessel to the next. Right. And Oftentimes turn, later. like Yeah. Sometimes like, a week later. Yeah. It's one of those. It's just a hassle, though, yeah. from a from a shipper's perspective. Because Happens you just to don't... everybody, but you want it to happen to you as little as possible. Exactly. And, I mean, you see this decline. Eventually, this feeds over to volumes leaving overseas. And then what does it lead to here? Volumes declining. And should, I mean, this decline is kind of expected. Yeah. I think it's more of when did it peak out? It peaked out earlier than maybe normal, right? You'd see this maybe a peak in mid-August, and you right. really don't see a peak in mid-August. You see it at the end of July. So it's a little earlier than what you normally have. Maybe a front-loading of peak season. But you look at, we don't have it backed up all the way to last year, but it's it never eclipsed last year's levels, ever. No. Now, we're still, we're still basically where we started the year. Which um, is... Or I should say, actually, above where we started the year, we're still where we were in December of last year, which was... I mean, that's one of the softest times. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty soft. We're right where we were in February, March of this year, um, ever so slightly below where we were in May of this year. So time will tell where we go. Um, I think it just highlights how soft the market is. It's still soft on the ocean side. Now, what is interesting, though, is I think this flow of freight is going to slow coming to the U.S. intentionally by the ocean carriers. So let's go to the next chart. We're talking about those rejections. Mm -hmm. We have those rejections that measures what percent of those confirmed ocean bookings ultimately get pushed to later sailings. Yeah, I mean, you're talking 10%. Look at, I mean, look at that right there. So that's the highest it's been in the last year, sitting at almost... It's basically... Almost 11%. For, almost 11 10.5%. So they're at 10.5% right now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. That's a lot. It, and it's going up significantly. And that goes to what you said earlier. Yeah. Less than 10% of the ocean carriers control 90% of the world's capacity. Yeah, and so you're seeing them try to flex their muscles, right? They right. they tried to put through spot rate increases. And I actually wrote about this in Daily Watch that came out this morning, uh, talking about like it was a last-ditch effort to show that, hey, maybe the, they do this in an effort to show that the market's tight or there's demand levels like, Hey, you need to, to move this. Let's move it quicker. Right. Let's, we're going to, our rates are higher because the market's tight and there's demand there. Well, demand's going away. This signals that rejection rates are, or capacity's tightening. And you can see that if you also in Container Atlas, you can see the total available capacity based on the number of TEUs on any, on the ships on a certain route, right? Leaving right. all ports. I mean, it's declined pretty significantly in the past few months. So I think that is an indication of how much capacity 
the ocean carriers have just pulled off the market. And yeah. it's an effort to, again, prop up spot rates to try to generate any sort of revenue because just based on that decline we see, not only is peak season soft, Q4 is setting up to be rather soft as well for the ocean carriers, which it normally is. But, I mean, it's setting up to be as soft as it was this time last year, if not softer. Definitely not softer. It's just definitely tighter. Definitely well, it's definitely tighter. tighter. It's but, tighter but softer with demand. Yeah, I mean, it's tighter for artificial reasons. It's not because it's not because demand is driving. This is true. Yeah, this is true. Now, good news for any truckload drivers out there. While a significant amount of our freight does arrive on ships, good news is our uh, China in particular is now fallen to the third spot in terms of our trading partners. So our number one trading partner is Mexico and number two is Canada. So yep. that's a good sign if you're a trucker. There's a lot more freight that is what I would call local. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of, you know, where it's traveling. So we don't have to rely as much on foreign imports. Although yes, Mexico and Canada are technically foreign imports, but it's um, you know, it's a land base. So the fact that ocean bookings are going down will not have as significant of effect as maybe it would have a few years ago. Yeah, uh, true. Still an impact. Yeah. Still an impact. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's true. And how much of that is, how much of that increase for both China, or not China, Mexico and Canada is driven by Canada imports, or no, China imports going into Mexico and mm. Canada and then getting one thing added to it and then moved into the U.S. and saying made in Mexico. That's a good point. We so, need to look at imports and there's booking volumes here going into Canada and Mexico, Mexico which is, I haven't done, but I'm going to do that right now because sonar is real time. So, yeah, and I think that's just one thing to look at, right? It it, it could highlight some of these changes. But, I mean, uh, overall, where the market is, it's, it's a very... From the freight volume perspective overall you're seeing demand ocean demand into the u.s so with that said it's more of a if you're operating in one of these port cities or have focused on these port cities demand out of those port cities may end up being softer at some point or will be in softer at some point right so, so like if you made your money driving out of the savannah market for the last few years well softer demand on the ocean eventually is going to lead into these port markets showing softer demand. Maybe you have to get out of your honey, your little network has to expand from what it was. So here's something that's very interesting right now. I just pulled up, you can't see it, but I've got on my screen yeah, that, that same bookings volume chart from uh, going to all ports to the US and I pulled it from Mexico, right? It hit it. So their their peak season is typically peaks out in mid July, very similar to ours. Yep. And that's been true. I pulled up the previous years. I pulled up 2022, 2021, and 2020, and that all seems to be the case. We hit the highest point, mat matched 2022's peak, and actually ever so slightly beat 2021's peak for peak season for Mexico. Now it has come down, but seasonally it is supposed to come down. So, like you said, made in Mexico, but maybe they're getting some parts from China. So uh, I would say Mexico's import bookings, purely from a volume perspective, do look more bullish than the U.S. Yes, yeah. and I think that's 
it's something to at least look at. Uh, it may not tell the whole story, but it, right. it, it may help tell the story of why China, what, that was the number one trade partner for so long, has now lost out to both Mexico and Canada. Yes, some of it's near shore. Canada, but it on the other hand, is not doing it doesn't so well. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not a flip the switch near shoring, right. right? So it's yeah. I mean, nuances this is a, to avoid. This could take a decade to yeah, see the see the full effect of nuances to avoid tariffs, things like that. Yeah. There, there's just little nuances that happen in global trade that that yeah. maybe make hey, I can ship it to Mexico and move it via truck up. And not have to deal with some right. of these, and and they're they're just nuances, right? And and that's where you hopefully are understand the nuances across it. It's not just right. a hey, Mexico's heating up. Let's go run cross border or yeah. things like that. Part of the equation, um, definitely not all of it. So yeah. a lot there. So I, I'd say to summarize, we've got a couple of things. Booking volume to the United States is Going declining, down. and it's declining at a fairly peak pace. Ocean carriers to combat the falling demand and softening everywhere, not just in the U.S., is they're rejecting shipments at a higher rate in an effort to try to elevate some of those spot rates. Yeah, and they um, have the ability to do that. And it. they do have the ability to do that, and they're doing it very well. Um, so now let's pivot over to the truckload markets here. And I think, you know, well, we so we, we saw Labor Day happen, and we saw uh, a bump, maybe a ever-so-slight elevation. I don't even know if we call it a bump. In yeah. spot rates, yeah. right? It was small, but it was there. We saw rejections rise um, as a result. We had the Largely hurricane happen. reefer again. Right? Largely reefer. Van rejection rates haven't budged. Right. I mean, look at this. Look, I mean, spot rates are basically about to flip contract rates on this chart. Well, there's a reason for that. On this chart? Yes. Do you want to explain the reason behind that? Or? I mean, everything looks good to me. Certainly no, uh, no chart fraud here. Except one includes fuel and one doesn't, and that, and with diesel fuel increasing, what was it? I think as of this morning, it was over four dollars and fifty cents a gallon. Listen, we don't need to get into the specifics here, okay? You know, it's okay. Listen, I'm I see the forest. You're looking at a tree, okay? So, um, you know, anyways, Tony's right. The yellow line here is um, so the yellow line is contract rates minus fuel the spot rates here in blue are all in or inclusive of fuel so while they are almost the same in re retrospect the contract rates if you were to include the fuel are probably approximately 65 75 cents higher yeah from where they are right so you're talking to spread spread of about 75 cents and there's a, and there's a two-week lag so it hasn't factored in any upward move associated with labor there's day no uh, no upper moves I mean, look at what spot rates did. If spot rates lead contract rates, it would indicate that contract rates are going to move higher with around Labor Day. But con So contract rates hit their 4th of July peak, and that's where they currently are. So the question really becomes is, where do we go from here? Do we break above that and make another leg up? Or do we go down? Or do we stay mostly flat here? Because what ended up happening after 4th of July is we came down slightly to that mid to 20s range and just hung out there yeah. until basically this most recent run over the last 30 days, right? I think we've all agreed that the May bottom is done. We're probably not going back the, to that. Probably the bottom. We, yeah. we feel safe about that right now. But... Pending any sort of crazy events. So taking fuel out of the NTI. Yeah. 
The spread. Oh, 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 hold on. What are we doing? Are we doing the NTI 12? NTI L. I just did the L. I didn't do 12. Cooking the books over here more than I am. I mean, I can change it. Right now, it's 78 cents <laughs> yeah. if you remove fuel. If you do the 12, it's 61. Feels about right. 61 cents. Are you going to see a 61 cent swing in the next three and a half months? It's going to happen. That seems pretty dramatic. It's going to happen. And I say that because spot or the van outbound tender reject index has not moved. It is at 3.87% and it has been there for the last two weeks. Still, still a lot of capacity out there. I agree. Yeah. Uh, we did that. I mean, we looked at the calculation earlier, right? You were adding. So what? 2020, you added what? 700 new authorities a week or a week throughout the year. Then it was what? 1500 in 2021. Yeah, that was a lot. And then you in 2022, you added 300. 300. And so far in 2023, you've taken out 400 on average a week. Yeah. So you have not even touched. There's so much capacity in the market yeah. that needs to actually leave. Like, yes, you're setting it up to leave. And I think you could be right by, say, Q2 of next year. But I don't Did think you hear you're Tony say he said I'm going to be right by the end of Q4 this year. Hey, I don't. That seems aggressive. I and, live in the aggressive, Tony. Yeah. And the only reason I say that is just given how much capacity needs to leave the market. Yeah. And seasonally, you see capacity to leave the market at the end of Q4, right before the new year starts. So that's what I think sets up Q2 for a rebound in terms of rates coming. To- we'll see. Time will tell. It depends on volumes too. It does right? on volumes. Volumes, but, volumes are still inching up technically on the truckload side. They're inching up. Right now, we would expect that to some extent, but they're they're inching up. Obviously a long way off their peak, but that that'll help. That'll help as well. We're and I think we're we're still seeing contract rates being negotiated lower. Yeah. So that's also going to help close the gap as well. Um, to your point, is it going to close the gap 61 plus cents? That's to be determined. But I do think that get, the gap is is getting smaller. I think what's interesting is you hear carriers are starting to get more bullish around the fact that maybe the market is kind of in a, it's in a good place at the moment, right? In terms of like the rate of contract rate declines has really started to slow. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we can see evident, that right? here. I even. mean, look at May to June. Oh, I mean, May to August, right? I mean, you're talking a couple cent decline. Yep. So, I think in that terms, it's a good thing. But the longer this, I mean, you have to think spot rates, what's going to boost them, right? It has to be capacity leaving the market because from a contract rate perspective, being elevated like this, there's no incentive to drive for a carrier to reject freight other than the only reason they should be rejecting it because arguably still attractive would be capacity imbalances, right? Out of network, you don't have a truck in the area. But even then, you are you might reject it, but it may get retendered back to you just like, hey, I can't do it today. It's I'll a phone call. Up there I'll be there tomorrow. Like, we've got somebody making a delivery tomorrow. They'll be empty in there at 8 a.m. Or they're making a delivery today. We won't make a pickup time at 6 p.m. today, but right. we'll be there at 6 a.m. to be... right empty and loaded and ready to go. So it's things like that. Like right now there's, and you see that evident by a less than 4% drive-in rejection rate. Yeah. So to that extent, 
if you're not going to reject freight, contract rates, if everybody's kind of in agreement, like if we're in a good spot, there's nothing that pushes spot rates up because there's yeah. just not going to be the volume. And you're going to have too much, too many trucks for the volume that is falling through the spot market. Tony, you're forgetting something very important here. Contract rate or spot rates only Apple go up. Apple just came out with the iPhone 15. That's about all the volume you need. <laughs> yeah. So that's with about the, it. Hey, USB-C charger. USB-C charger, right? I mean, that that's all you need. Right? Shout out to Europe for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Um, okay, well, we only have a couple minutes left, so I, I do want to highlight one thing before we leave. We're going to talk about wait times very quickly. So we're, wait times meaning how long trucks are waiting at facilities to get loaded or unloaded by industry right now. Pick the winners. Ding, ding, ding. Computer and electronic retail sitting at 151 minutes right now for trucks, which is not great. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting about this is actually a lot. We looked at this a few months ago, and most of these companies, most of these industries, not all, were much closer to, to the, their 52-week highs. Correct. Um, now, a lot of them are closer to their 52-week lows, right? Auto, whoops. Autom- automotive manufacturers at are at their it's at the 52-week low at 91 minutes. Very good. So uh, see, the ports have gotten a lot better, 93 minutes. Department stores at 91 minutes. Um, oil and gas doing very well at 99 minutes. A couple of laggers. The food distributors. And, it's always going to be uh, higher. They're, that's always high. right? They got to check all those SKUs. They got to make sure that things aren't spoiled. The one to pay attention to is that automobile manufacturers. If the UAW strikes, which seems inevitable, yeah. it could send that thing to the moon. And it's a risk, right? Because yes. I mean, you, it is a... That's a problem. Dealing with that would be a risk right now, especially if you have other options. That could uh, potentially help drive spot rates, spot rates up. Potentially, but I mean, I've seen statistics online on Twitter or X now that... You follow me on Twitter? I do not. But the re, that from a car manufacturer, the supply side of that equation is, is really caught up. I mean, they're operating at like yeah. 50 days inventory and they normally want it at like 30 days so it's like they have too much they can handle a strike for a little bit for a little bit they don't need it to prolong and i think that's the risk definitely all all about how long it prolongs very good well we're right about the end of time we're going to keep monitoring some of this stuff uh so stay tuned there's a lot more freight waves content coming and luke and tony we will see you live next wednesday have a good rest of your day